It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products and organic remedies. That's Smoky Mountain Organics. Shop them online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com or visit them at one of their four locations, including that Knoxville location uh, at 8018 Kingston Pike, just down from West Town Malls, right across, right, Mall, right across from Trader Joe's. And of course, They've got the three locations in Sevier County to serve you. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hobbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday morning edition of the VolQuest podcast. Baseball team loses a series, wins the East, uh, falls in a poll to number two in the country. Tennessee has an official visitor in over the weekend. Um, Tennessee's still messing with some guys in the transfer portal. Could be a big week for the Tennessee basketball team. Lots of things going on. Lots of things to get to in this podcast. Let's first start with, without without knowing exactly what the guardrails are going to be that the NCAA wants to try to put in place, what, what, what kind of showdown do you guys see coming in the NIL world? I mean, you, you've got some lawyers out there talking now about suits and coming after the NCAA. You got agents saying things. You got the NCAA says, hey, we know we're going to court. We don't care. We're going to court. Is this really showdown, you know, at the at the OK Corral, or is this one of the, is this a lot of got a lot of talk right now? And we'll we really don't know exactly how deep this thing's going to go when it's all said and done. I mean, for me, I just think it's the the, the old gif of Jack Tripper when he's in the boxing ring, and you know he's ready, he's ready, then he ducks because he's scared. I mean, like you know, I, the fact you have to say we know we're going to get sued. I mean, like, then you know you're going to lose. I mean, like, the, the the Supreme Court, I mean, I think most of Congress is going to, you know, be in agreement that, that kids deserve to get paid. You know, can you can you find a, a better way to kind of live in that space? Sure you can. But, I mean, like, guess what? They had forever to figure this out, and they turned a blind eye towards it. It's a joke. I mean, it's a joke that they, they have continued to do what they're doing um, and, and try to come back down this road, put the toothpaste back in the tube or however you want, whatever analogy you want to use. Um, good luck. I mean, you know, good luck. You're, you're not going to win. I mean, you know, maybe they can come to something, some agreed upon, you know, stance on this, but, you know, kid, kids are going to fight harder and, and you can bet the, the lawyers that are involved are going to fight even harder for the kids because this is going to be a high profile deal. Rob, what's, what's your takeaway? I just can't see it. Get, I just can't see it getting walked back. I mean, I think too much has happened. It's it's too big of a thing. I mean, you know, these entities like Spire that have sprung up aren't. I mean, they're not going to go away. Like AP said, kids. You know, I, I think a lot of people think kids deserve have deserved to, to get a slice of the pie for a long, long time. Now they're getting it, and I just I mean, I, I just think too much water is under the bridge for the NCAA to be able to dial it back. I will say this, and, and, I, and I told you this a while, Brad Brant. I, I think the best thing going for Tennessee, and, and, and you know, is the NCAA going to look at Tennessee? Sure they are. I mean, like, that, that that's going to happen because, you know, the, all the Nico chatter that's out there. But, you know, the best thing that happened to Tennessee was, you know, a separation of church and state. I mean, you know, Hunter and James, these are guys who have helped, you know, handled professional contracts at the NFL level, the NBA level, PGA Tour. You know, these aren't Tennessee boosters. This isn't some guy that's, you know, worth a, you know, 
50 million dollars or two billion dollars or whatever that you know just loves the vols and, and wants to help i mean these are like these are actual businessmen you know um you know who are from the area sure um you know but at the same time they're not tennessee donors or boosters and from you know my understanding they've never given a dollar to tennessee so you know themselves so i i just think it's gonna be a hard time to prove anything you know when it comes to tennessee i think tennessee's you know be you know has has done this the right way and you know it's going to come across looking very clean in this deal in my opinion rob is there a little bit of this from the you think from the ncaa and look i understand the ncaa's got issues and, and worries about it and concerns and, and and i think some of those are justifiable okay i mean we're we're seeing but you're also seeing high school kids out there with deals. But but a little bit of you think a little bit of this is the NCAA saying, um, if they get shot down, we tried and we got blocked, as opposed to just not doing anything. I mean, I guess what I'm saying, and nobody knows what they think. But but is this a little bit of cover yourself too? Okay, yeah, you're gonna get sued. We know we're gonna get sued. May get lost, but nobody can say we didn't try to fix the problem or didn't try to fix what fix what we perceive to be a problem. Is there a little bit of that going on? A little bit of a, a PR cover, if you will? Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I think that's a good point. I mean, you know, they're going to be throwing away a lot of money, you know, to lawyers to, to get that PR. But I, I mean, I, I think you're right, Hubbard. I mean, they can make, you know, make the case to their constituents who, you know, are, feel like they're getting left behind or feel like they're making, you know, who are making the most noise behind closed doors and said, hey, you know, hey, just like what you said, hey, we we tried, we we made the effort, and the ship has sailed. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Danny White and his administration handle this. I think it's going to be interesting to see how all administrations handle it. Not, no, not no, just Danny White. I, I mean, I think this is a, you know, and I know we talk about Tennessee here, but I think this is a big picture. How, how do all administrators are, are they are they squirmish or do they feel confident where they are? I, I think that's the next to me. That's the next step moving through. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but but I think that's the next step from an administration standpoint. Well, I don't agree with you, or I don't disagree with you at all. I agree that it's it, that they all need to handle this a certain way. But I think for Danny White, who really in, in you know his year and a couple of months on the job, has you know been dealt you know some good fortune. Baseball teams having a lot of success. Basketball team, football overachieved last year. Um, the fans feel good about themselves for a change, and. If, you know, Tennessee gets a little squeamish on this deal and all of a sudden, you know, pulls the reins back, I, I think you take a real hit, you know, with the fan base who has continually stayed in there and stuck in the stuck in there. I mean, this is a fan base that right now feels like, hey, you know, because of NIL, you know, we can flex our muscle as the supportive fan base and support these kids. And uh, I think they've done a, a decent job of that through the first, you know, 10 or 11 months of NIL. So again, I don't think this, this is some showdown to okay corral for Danny white, but at the same time, I think how all these administrations, including his administration handle this will, will show you a lot going forward. I don't think there's any doubt. And, and I, cause I think that's where the NCAA is going to try to try to push is they're going to try to lean heavy and hard on, on the schools and, and try to get the schools um, uh, uncomfortable with things at this point, because the collectives out there, I mean, those are all businesses. I mean, those are all, you know, legit businesses going on that they've got money and backing and, they, and they're going to fight things. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it was clear that the NCAA uh, was was putting out, leaking out or 
are, are, are you know, getting out their message last week through the media. And I'm not criticizing the media. I mean, I, I think that's what happens. But I mean, there was, there's no doubt that they were trying to get their narrative out there and try to get their posturing out there. Do you think uh, that's we'll the right play, though, Hubs? Do you think that's the right play? Or would they have better, been better off to all of a sudden just have a coup and hit them when they weren't looking? Like, I, I feel like they've prepared the, the lawyers and everybody that's on the other side. Okay, here's what's coming. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the old, you know, the old, you know, the major league, you know, I'm, I'm giving you the, the heater, you know, what's coming, you know, I mean, or, or they've been better off to kind of play out of left field. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you're not going to play it out of left field because I mean, lawyers are going to respond whenever that that's the case. Again, I, I think a part of this is posturing on their part that they're doing everything they can to protect the game, that they have concerns about the game. Um, and, and they're, they're trying to get that, that public narrative out there. Um, you know, and particularly, I think that was the case, Rob, when it when it got out there that they were having the meetings on Capitol Hill. I mean, I think at that point, when you know that they're meeting, you want to get your side of the story out there as much as you can. Um, so we'll see what 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 happens moving forward. Um, it's certainly going to be the topic of conversation uh, over the course of the next month when you have conference meetings coming up. Um, you know, you got university presidents that are all going to be in the same room meeting. This is going to dominate, you know, the college the college sports landscape. I think over the course of the next, you know, couple of months, and then in 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 the middle of all this, Rob, you, you've got some people who are not shying away from anything. I mean, you got the Texas running back with a Lamborghini deal, right? You, you've got Billy Napier's out there posing with his, you know, the people running the Florida Collective out there. So it's, I mean, there are some cases where nobody's shied away or nobody's backed off any, anything going on right now that feels like collectives are operating businesses as normal at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see it change. I mean, and if you're not out there embracing it, like Billy Vapor or Josh Heupel, I mean, you're you're getting you're getting left behind. Yeah, yeah don't, it's, don't. It's, not, it's not good. It's, I mean, you you you're going to struggle in recruiting if you're not if you don't have a plan. Again, I, I just go back to it, it's the combination of transfer portal happening, boom, that's allowed now. One-time transfers can go anywhere they want to at any time for the most part, and then NIL, bam, right a couple months later. Like, I mean, you know, it, it's that combination. I mean, that again, the Jordan Addison thing with Pittsburgh to me was the microcosm spotlight on how 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 this whole thing is you know, went south. It's not like, it's not that people going in, you know, trying to get recruits that's been happening for years. It's the fact that all of a sudden you can take a kid that was undervalued and went to a smaller school that blew up and decided he was going to be awesome and work for it and say, Hey, come to Alabama. Hey, come to Miami. Hey, come to USC or Tennessee or wherever. Like, I mean, like to me, that's where the real flaw in the system is, is it's not the recruiting. It's not the, you know, using NIL and recruiting because people have been doing that in some form or fashion for decades. It's the fact all of a sudden you can poach a, 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 a current kid off of, off maybe a bad team. That's a stud. And, you know, can you imagine what, what would what would have happened when Larry Fitzgerald was coming out of college? Would he have finished at Pittsburgh? Cause I'm going to say no, same way or Jordan Addison's not like I, there's a plenty of those around college football that have been studs at small schools and have developed at these places that won't end up where they've started. And that's the interesting, that's a great point. An interesting thing, Rob, no, 
of all the guardrails that are being talked about out there and all the lawsuits and everything else, it's all been about high school recruiting. It's all been about paying, you know, NIL deals to guys before they ever get somewhere. But when you look at it, I mean, there's as much money being spent in, in the in the transfer portal world more. right now, which more. which is which to me is a much more competitive, um, interesting environment that there's no talk about guardrails for that. And I mean, how do you tell a kid who's in college and can have NIL stuff, you can't go get better NIL stuff or go get a better job, if you will, can they even potentially try to regulate on that spot, that part of it? Because the joy, I mean, if the Addison stuff ends up being with those kind of numbers, isn't that going to be a, as big of a news story as, as as it is for any high school kid coming out? Well, I think it's bigger. I mean, I think AP hit the nail on the head because, and, and just because I mean, collectively we've been doing this all forever. And I mean, how many bu- I mean five star busts have we seen? I mean, just here at Tennessee, no, I mean, plenty. <laughs> I mean, but to get a guy that you know is already proven like Addison, you know that that he can play at this level. I mean, that's a sure thing. For, for a college coach. I mean, that's an incredibly valuable commodity. And, and same thing on the basketball side. I mean, I think some of the numbers that, you know, we, we've heard, you know, guys that, that we're looking for in the transfer portal are just, you, know, you, you think they're kind of absurd. And that's because it's a sure thing. I mean, how many high school kids, I mean, it's, you know, it's maybe not quite like throwing darts blindfolded, but there's going to be a lot of miss. There's going to be a lot of guys in the top, everybody's top 100 that, that miss. Well, and, and there's, all, there's also going to be a lot of donors hubs that end up like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. We we paid 700 grand for this transfer and he did nothing, or we paid a million dollars for this high school kid and he did nothing. Like it was one thing when they paid 50 grand to get a kid, the numbers now are way different. Like they're just different. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. The numbers we've heard on transfers 500 over three years or 500 a year or 250 for a year or whatever. I mean, like these, these transfers, average players, average are asking for over a hundred thousand dollars. Average players. Think about what the ballers that are transferring are asking for. Well, and that, that, and that's the other question that you get back to as we wrap up this part of the discussion here is, are you, if, if you are trying to put guardrails up, are you better off going really aggressive, getting in courts and all these things? Are you better off letting the market settle itself down at, at some point? Because the, the numbers, Rob, I, I don't think are, I'm not going to say not sustainable because I think that's a bad argument because we've got, you got, you've got universities who have been paying guys not to work, you know, for years. I mean, they, they just, they're giving guys, you know, $80 million contracts with $25 million buyouts. That's some would say that's not sustainable, but yet it seems to always be sustainable or, or it works out. But my question is, does the market settle down if you're a little more patient with it, as opposed to going, you know, hammer time and, and try to punish all these people with, with, with some kind of retroactive rule that's going to get you up, you're going to get you in the court systems. That's hard for me to answer, Robert. I mean, just for the reasons that you just say, I mean, you you want to say that, you know, it's it's you can't keep throwing money around like that. It, when you, you know, if you're talking about coaches or, or whatever, but at the same time, the SEC just what what, what 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 did they have to figure out how to split up in February? Seven hundred seventy-five million, I think, was the was the, rev, the the pot that they were distributing, and that that's before the ESPN, you know, the new ESPN football contract kicks in i mean it's it's going to be the conference is going to be 
splitting up over a billion soon. And that's just in the revenue sharing. I mean, that's not what everybody's taking in in concessions and gate and you know, donations. I mean, part of me wants to say that, yeah, it's going to, it's going to temper down, but that nothing else in college athletics says that we can point to suggest that's the case. Well, it's going to be this, the, the conversation, and you're right. I mean, it's a good point. It'll be the conversation for sure um, over the course of the, the next few weeks and, and months moving forward. All right, let's get to a little recruiting. Uh, Austin, on the football side of things, Tennessee with official visitor in over uh, the weekend in a transfer. Uh, what's the latest there? What's, what's kind of set up for Tennessee the next couple of weeks in recruiting? Well, Jalen Robinson, um, you know, was here and, and you know, I think Tennessee would be the slight leader there. Um, is going to work towards a decision this week. I'd expect something in the next seven days or so. Um, you know, it just it, it feels like you know he really knows that one um, the best quarterback and the most experienced quarterback last year. But the depth in the room is here. Like you know, and talking to him a little bit yesterday, um, it, it sounds like that's important to him. Remember last year he's down there. Dylan Gabriel goes down. They weren't the same team after Gabriel went down. Sure. And, you know, when you're a receiver, you got to have somebody that can get you the ball. So I think the depth in the room, you know, even though Joe Milton, you know, had his moments last year where he, you know, couldn't, you know, keep it on the field because he kept overthrowing everybody, there's still experience there. Um, and Tennessee's backup's better than, let's say, Ole Miss's backup. Because I really do think this is kind of down to those two. And it makes sense. He knows the offense, he integrates seamlessly he doesn't have to find you know spend time learning uh the system and so um when you also look at you know the other wide receivers that are around him you know i i think that there's a deeper talent pool here than that old miss currently as well i think that's a, a, a in favor of tennessee so you know I, when you just kind of look at it that's why i've you know got tennessee the favorite to land jalen robinson but you know he's not decided yet he's not told old miss he's not told tennessee you know, he's will try to work on that this week and come to a decision. Um, and then you've also got, uh, you know, Tennessee still talking to Ramon Jefferson, the running back. We'll see what happens there. Um, he's that would he's be, the kid from Sam Houston, right? Sam Houston State. Yeah. I would venture to say that that more than anything, he's just a nice depth piece. Um, it's kind of how I would phrase it. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, Tennessee did have Roderick Robinson in over the weekend, the San Diego running back, uh, who is originally from South Carolina. Um, dad grew up in out grew up in Alabama. Mom grew up in South Carolina. She still lives in South Carolina. Dad's in the military, living out in San Diego, so that's where he lives and currently plays ball. Now the question is going to be: Do they get him back in town? Right? Yeah, I mean, he, they made the top six. I mean, I, I think that he'll they'll get an official visit out of it. Um, but he's a tough kid to read. Not you know, he <laughs> doesn't give away much. You know, in first facial expression or or how he says things. So. Um, it, it's interesting. It's kind of four Pac-12 schools versus two SEC schools, that being Auburn and Tennessee. All right, so we'll see what happens with that one moving forward as well. Coming down the pike, more visitors th this in the next couple of weeks, or is everything just sort of – It's all uh, aimed towards Memorial Day weekend. Okay, so everything's kind of shut down. No no, no official visitors. Line. Yeah, but we're starting to see some official visitor dates roll out in the month of June. Looks like Tennessee – We'll have their camp stuff the first part of June, first half of June, and then maybe try to close it out with official visit weekends. That's kind of what it feels yeah. like on social media. Yeah. Christian Conyers go visit mid-June. Rob, you talked to Jordan Matthews. He's going to visit uh, in June. Um, 
you know, they're, they're Bryson gonna, Sanders. Bryson Sanders will visit Memorial Day weekend okay. and then take a couple more trips in June um, before deciding uh, sometime around the 23rd of June. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be uh, going to be plenty to get done, uh, you know, over the next month in recruiting. Yep. And of course, Tennessee's current team um, and all sports, they're finishing up final exams. We noted this in the war room. Basketball is going to is the big winner of the new academic schedule with the winter mini term because it's going to give them about six weeks without any academic stuff over the course of Christmas and and the first part of January with school starting later in January than in years past. That'll be the trend uh, again next year with that winter mini term means they get out a little bit later uh, in May. So you got a little bit of a tighter window in terms of how long you can go home if you don't stay for the spring mini term. Uh, so right now the focus is on finishing school up, which will uh, this, the, the players, student athletes will get done in the next seven to 10 days. Then they'll get a little reprieve and then back for the June uh, grind that, that is football and obviously basketball as well. So does that mean Tennessee football will be in the bind again when it comes to the transfer portal next January that they can't get kids officially on campus because it's not within that window of when classes start. Remember uh, last year, they couldn't yeah. bring kids to campus. So they're again going to be in a tough spot starting late again. And unless there's some kind of waiver that's out there, that's something they adjust and move forward. Because again, yeah. the other thing going on in the transfer world, transfer portal world, when you talk big picture stuff, that this proposal out there of a tighter window um, that, that, that of when you can announce, when you can look at schools and all that. So we'll, I we'll like that. I like that. Happens. The fact they can just kind of go and come and, you know, even shutting it down in May 1st, I thought was a good, a nice touch. I mean, remember last year, I mean, kids were going and coming in June, you know, I just think it, it, it allow it forces kids to one, either, you know, crap or get off the pot. And then two, and it does give the, the, you know, the coaching staffs a little bit more of a, an idea of who's going to be there. Right. I mean, like, you know, they know, Hey, we survived. This kid was talking about going in. He didn't go in. We're good now. Yeah, I, I just think you got to you need to make that universal across the board. I mean, in terms of allowing conference to conference stuff, I, I'm just yeah, I agree. I before, agree with that. I'm not a big fan of this February first date that the SEC's put in place for for football, and I'm not sure everybody in the SEC, every student athlete in the SEC, understood that rule. Which no, is they why, didn't. Which is why you saw some guys go in the portal and pull themselves back out of the portal. They didn't. Now, Marius Mims did not. I talked to too many people, and, and there were <coughs> excuse me, there were multiple SEC schools telling him, "Oh, we'll get you the waiver." What waiver? The rule is the rule. Like, I mean, like either that or there is no rule. Like, what 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 allows him to be eligible for a waiver? Like that made no sense to me. But I mean, you're right. There were multiple guys in this league that did not understand that and thought they could go inside this league and then took their name back out. Yeah, I just don't like the fact that you're making the kid make a choice there, whether or not he's going to compete in spring practice or not compete in spring practice. Um, yeah. I, I'm just not a that, – personally, I'm not a fan of that. We'll see if the SEC changes that. I'm sure that's on the topic of conversation, among many other uh, transfer and recruiting topics of conversation that will take place at the SEC spring meetings. Uh, speaking of topics of conversation, that is the Tennessee basketball program, Rob Lewis, as they try to add – Things. Rick Barnes is in charge of the rules committee uh, for, for college basketball with an emphasis taking place on flopping uh, first and foremost, among some other things. It appears, Rob, that they may add another media timeout in the half. I know I know you're a big fan of another stoppage <laughs> play. <laughs> if basketball. you short all the other ones, though, Hubs, then, it, then it's not that bad, right? 
No, I would, I would agree with that, but will they really shorten them? I mean, they go sell less. Well, we did that on Rivalry Thursday. Yeah, but you're not you're not in a no offense <laughs> to Mark Packer. That's not a billion dollar industry, I don't think. I mean, I mean Packer's hey. media mogul. I get it, but I don't think we're I don't think he's ro- he's rolling that kind of money out there. Uh, but but there is talk of that certainly adjusting the the flop rule a, as well. Uh, and then Rob for Tennessee, it's about what's this roster going to look like. Uh, and, and all eyes are on Julian Phillips. Guys, he's supposed to make a decision on Thursday of this week. Um, feels like Tennessee, Auburn. There's also been a lot of twists and turns in this thing. But but that's what it feels like at this point with Julian Phillips, Rob. How big of a piece of the puzzle? Because he's been the priority for Tennessee for a while. How big of a piece of a puzzle would that be for Tennessee? It, w- it would be significant. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I'm not – I don't want to hype him up too much, but it would – it would be a big, big get. Um, and it, I mean, it feels, I mean, I don't want to go too far overboard because this kid, it's been squirrely, but I mean, it feels like Tennessee has the momentum, but it also feels like, you know, he's been looking for a reason not to pick Tennessee for like a month. You know, that would, that would have been the easiest thing for him to do, you know, coming off that decommitment from LSU. But, you know, gun to my head, you know, right, we're recording this on Monday, on Thursday. I like Tennessee's chances, but but no, literally nothing would surprise me. Yeah, yeah including including a Tuesday midweek visit somewhere. Like yeah, like, I mean, and, and that's, not a, that's not a knock on the kid. It's just I mean that's the way that that recruitment is going. Obviously, Kansas State was talked about. They're out. Well, it feels like it's all Tennessee and Auburn at this point. Um, Austin feels like f- some of the family likes Tennessee, maybe a little bit more than some other schools. But but at the end of the day, this is going to be Julian Phillips's decision. It's right. And, and I'm with Rob. Like, the longer this thing kind of – and I know he's got a firm date set, so he's not going to do anything. But, I mean, he, the, the easy pick was to pick Tennessee a month ago, and he has not done so. And I, in my, in my, it is my belief that neither Auburn or Tennessee has been told at this point that they are the pick. So, that's the one – that's the big one to keep an eye on going into this or, or this week because Tyrese Hunter, Rob, is going to take those last two visits. He's going to see Gonzaga in Texas before he makes a decision. So, he's not he's not on the cusp of making a decision, it doesn't feel like at this point. And then Tennessee's scheduled to bring in uh, two official visitors this weekend, DJ Je- Jefferson, the one-time Tulsa commit who's playing up at the prep school. You're going to say DJ Jazzy Jeff. Hubs, come on. <laughs> and um, and Toby Awaka, is that what we're going to go with? That's that? how I'm going. That's what all I'm right. going with. However, all, right. all right. So we think both of those guys are going to be in this this weekend. Let's start with Jefferson, um, Washington State, Wake Forest, Tennessee. He told me those were his three. He later announced that those were his three finalists. No, not to Washington State, but isn't this Tennessee Wake Forest when it's all said and done, Rob? Yeah, I think so, and and I think I mean Tennessee has a has a pretty significant tie here. Frank Hayes, who you know was was the coach at Tulsa, who Jefferson originally committed to, uh, former Rick Barnes assistant, longtime you know friend friend of Coach Barnes. I would imagine that 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 tie is probably helping Tennessee. I'm not saying it makes it a slam dunk, but um, I, I think that that puts Tennessee in in, in a good spot with uh with Jefferson. He's an interesting I mean obviously everybody you know was talking about what happened with Zakai Ziegler last year and and kind of out of the blue I mean Jefferson's a guy who had a home in Tulsa and and then decommitted and then went to the Iverson game and really turned a bunch of heads, right? Is this just is he a byproduct of the COVID year? A lot a lot of people saw him, Rob, or or is he really 
dramatically? I mean, has he grown? Has something changed with his game to 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 really elevate him beyond just that Iverson invitational? I play? think he's a I think he's a late bloomer, and I think you know I'm part of it. I haven't really talked to a ton of people about about you know why his stock has risen, but I think part of it is however he is you know kind of an undersized guy who uh, the guard skills maybe weren't there early on, and I'm not saying that he's a finished product now by any means, but. Uh, think he's improved his perimeter skill set um he, he has always been a big time big time athlete i mean a um really i mean it, pretty pretty elite on, on that on that in, on that spectrum and uh but you know six five 190 i don't think that he you know was viewed as somebody that was very polished and, and again i'm not saying he's a he's a finished product now but i think he's really improved his skill set in in to kind of catch up with his just raw athleticism. And then, of course, Tennessee's got the tie with Awanka with Zakai Ziegler. How, how big of a factor do you think that is? What are you laughing at, AP? I mean, I can see you. Know, you know his nickname, right? Tonka? What? I don't know. No. What's what's his last name, Hose? Are you going to go like Sesame Street reference here or Muffet it's reference? Gonna be, it, it's going to be Fozzie Bear. Waka waka. <laughs> no, that's Austin's corny joke of the day. There <laughs> you go. I can see that one coming a mile away. It's really a waka is a really. I think the I think the Ziegler. I'm proud you got that. Um, that makes me a day. <laughs> go ahead, Rob. <laughs> I think the Ziegler tie is pretty significant, but I but I don't think that in itself is going to be enough to pull him here. But he but he is the epitome of a late bloomer. I mean, he really started his senior year with, you know, just mid-major offers. And, you know, Tennessee has thrown one in, has thrown an offer out there. But they're, they're hardly the only ones. Maryland, I know, is, has come in and offered Pittsburgh out of the ACC, has offered St. John's, um, which was a local school who knew all about him, had not offered him prior to, you know, this, this spring and, and, and has seen him. And he's a, he's a, he's a big dude. I mean, he's 6'8", 240 pounds. I mean, he's a banger. Um, you know, I, I think he's raw. I don't think he's you know, definitely ready to help right now, but he he kind of fits the the mold of the kind of guy that we've seen Coach Barnes take a flyer on. Feel like all three of these are takes, Rob? I don't man, Hubbard, somebody asked me that on the board. And I just I mean, I think a lot of it depends on Hunter, Tyrese Hunter. I mean, I, I don't love where Tennessee's at in the back order right there. You know, just with the with having the, a, with not, I disagree, Hub or Rob, because I think in the transfer portal, it's better to be first, not man, the old recruiting way. Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I just, and again, I'm not saying Tennessee's out of it. I just, I just don't love where they, you know, got. To, I don't love the position where they got to get up and take their swings. I mean, in Gonzaga, the one that that catches. I mean, just because sure. I guess their name, but in in that to school, Rob, when you look at it, that it's like okay. I mean, because there's some similarities to Rick Barnes and Mark Few um, and, and kind of how they go about things. And, and player development was, a in, in my conversation with Hunter, was just a huge part of what this is going to be all about for him. So um, Gonzaga, to me, is the, the one that, that I look at and go, yeah, that, that's, that's big, Tennessee's biggest challenge. Well, and they have such a strong track record with, with transfers, too. Um, then you got Kansas looming out there, which is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't you know, discredit just, them. Just won the national championship. And he, you know, he knows all about Kansas having played, you know, against them in the big 12. Yeah. Well, but, and, but, but back to your original question, Hubbard, I don't, I don't know, like in quotation marks, no, they won't take all three of those high school guys, Jefferson uh, Phillips and Alaka. I just kind of feel like that might be too much. Too much youth might need a little season. Youth. 
I, I kind of think so, but I, again, that's, that's, that is just my opinion. Yeah. Um, feels like Kyle Lofton, not a lot of juice there. The kid out of St. Bonaventure. I mean, it doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like Tennessee. I know Tennessee's inquired, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot going on right there to me. Might, might change, but, but it doesn't seem that way right now. Yeah. Just not, not feeling a lot of buzz there. Yeah. Not seeing a lot of buzz there. Tennessee's out there still offering some high school kids as well and talking to some other high school kids. So we'll see. It's going to be a wild few weeks for sure. As Rick Barnes and his staff look to complete their roster. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics VolQuest.com podcast. Austin, this is where you're supposed to cue the Muppets music to, to, to get us out. Waka waka. I mean, you didn't have the theme music ready. Hey, you know, you would make one of those old dudes that sits up in the balcony and just, just yells negativity. <laughs> that would be your perfect I'm, role. I'm the, gr- I'm the grumpy old non-smiling man up in the balcony of uh, the Muppets. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. He's Austin Price, Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.